Have you ever wanted to get more out of your enterprise? This episode, we'll be covering that in with Sally Martin from Sheep Metrics. But before we do, I'd like to let you know, Alara White Dorpers, sponsor of this podcast, has their ram sale coming up. And when I say their ram sale, it's actually our ram sale. Um, this is the backgrounding, the supporter, the sponsor of the Farmswise podcast as well. So it makes everything tick here um, as well as the time that I devote to both. Um, it works really well with each other, flexible. Um, if you're looking for some quality shedding rams, head on over um, to our place. Or you can go on Auctions Plus. But let's get back to this episode. We'll be talking about getting your ewe lambs into lamb and how you can get the most out of your enterprise and interesting results coming up just around the corner. Let's get into this episode with Sal. Beautiful. Well, Sally, how are you going? Welcome to the Farms Vice podcast. You've been on here before, but you haven't in 2024, so welcome. Thank you very much. How's everything going with you currently? Yeah, yeah, we're going well. Um, busy. I'm actually at the moment doing a lot of mate cell runs for different clients. Um, yeah, mapping you and Ram breeding programs, which is pretty cool. Yep. Um yeah, it's pretty amazing that we can actually predict the outcome of the joining before the rams actually meet with the ewes and we're getting pretty accurate results even in um, small syndicate joinings as well, which is, um, yeah, which is kind of off topic for, for today, but, um, yeah, keeping me pretty busy. But definitely a topic. In what scenario is that used or where are you leaning towards to breed rams, breed ewes? Yeah, yeah, so all uh, ram breeding operations, but we're I'm also doing it with uh, yeah, larger commercial breeders who breed their own rams and we've got full pedigree. So to utilise mate cell, we need full pedigree and predominantly major- well, and the, you have to be putting your data into sheep genetics as well. So it's based on breeding values, but we can then tweak it in terms of if, for example, we've you've classed up your ewes and they're, um, so even in your situation, you've got ewes that are, you know, full shedding and, and others that um, aren't quite there yet or something, and you might go, well, we want to, we don't want certain rams to go over these ewes, but this is a suite of rams who potentially could improve that, uh, you know, in terms of the progeny. So you can manipulate it a little bit to be able to make sure that you get the right rams going with the right ewes in terms yep. of their phenotype and visual traits and stuff like that that we can't see through breeding values. Hmm. So that's going into the genomics of it. It does use some genomics, but predominantly sheep just have to have full pedigree and have breeding values. Okay, so very interesting stuff. Um, Because you've been so busy, like is now a pretty busy time for yourself or do you have a bit of a downtime throughout the year? How's it sort of spanning out? within the sheep game for you? Yeah, it used to be quieter over that kind of Christmas period, but because we've got clients who actually start joining in November through to the end of March, um, yeah. you know, that's all busy with joining programs and then then we get into to start, you know, lambing and, and DNA testing and so we actually don't have that much of a quiet time, but there's a little bit of time over January, so which has been good. Yeah, I saw quite a similar trend. I always thought we had a longer time off, maybe because 
I was at school or something, but yeah, didn't seem too much time off. Checking the sheep and making sure everything's ticking over. But let's let's talk about what you've got coming up. You've got a field day down south, I believe, June eight. Yeah, yeah, near June eight. So we've got this uh, new project, uh, optimizing new lamb joining outcomes. It's a MLA producer demonstration project that we started off last year. And yep. we've got four groups that are part of that project and, and as uh, we, we're going to have an annual field day every year and, yeah, we've got a field day coming up on the 21st of um, February down at uh, uh, near Urengillit. So for this project, what sort of kicked it off and, like, why, what questions were asked um, for this project to start or even, like, as producers... Why are we going this way? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think it's it's also where a lot of these producer demonstration type projects start. It, it's, uh, you know, questions from producers wanting to answer them or to try new things and, and have, a I guess, a, a project structure around it so we can collect decent information to actually compare um, different management practices as an example. So this one started, we had a number of uh, clients talking to us about um, and also Laura Broughton uh, was involved in setting up the project as well. She's based in Cootamundra. We had a number of people yeah, talk to us about you know, joining new lambs and was it successful and you know, do you do it all the time or is it opportunistic? And so we put this project together to more um, so the outcome of the project is to have like a framework that people can use to decide whether they're going to join new lambs and then also there's a number of targets that are already out there in the industry it's just probably putting all of that together uh, in into one kind of location is the, the ultimate outcome but in the meantime it's talking to producers as I said we've got Four groups as part of the uh, as part of the project. Uh, one group's based around Wellington. The uh, other one is around Junee Wagga. Uh, there's one at Hard uh, Young and Harden here, and then another one that we've based around West Wylong. So reasonably different geographic areas, and also sheep types. Um, we do have a, a number of merino breeders, but there's also a number of shedders and composite breeders that are also involved. What, what sort of variables come within it as well? Um, because where the sheep grow up as well, the nutrients uh, seem to change pasture to what whatever sort of fodder they're chasing as well. What, what have you sort of included into the boundaries trying to measure everything like appropriately or what aren't you measuring? Yes, it's a good question. And so basically we're, we're looking at um, the... Uh, a lot of body weights of the ewes at different times. So, for example, starting at weaning time, we'll have a, a weaning weight and we'll do another one at 200 days. So we get start looking at some growth rates and we're looking at setting some targets. In term, in, in, and that could be different for the different kind t- sheep types as well. So your, your joining targets might be different. And then uh, looking at how many use that you're going to actually that, that meet those targets and then meet the ram um and are they and we look at pastures in terms of you know how many how many kilos per hectare are still you know in front of them are they are they going to be putting on weight 
and during that joining period, for example, um, the time of year, you know, it's another one because, you know, day length is uh, probably more predominant with, with younger younger stock. Um, and then following those ewes through over the duration of the, the repro cycle and then we're actually any of the ewes that don't get in lamb, I guess we're considering, you know, the control, comparing those and we're actually in any of the, the wool, um, so the merinos will be measuring their fleece weights as well and the impact that, that the lambing has on them. Because we don't have full parentage, you know, it's, um, it, it, it's a lot of probably averages for the mob that we're going to be looking at and comparing. And I guess the other thing, because of the duration of the project, so we go through to December 26, is to be able to actually follow some of those ewe lambs as adults. So yep. as a two-year-old joining and, you know, what, what effect is this having, um, yeah, on their reproduction and, and other traits as well? Hmm. It's actually something like on our own farm that I wanted to do just from a lamb and follow them right through um, to, to their first lamb as well and see what the sort of different traits are or what's working, what's not working, just out of curiosity as well. Yeah, yeah. I guess another thing too, oh, sorry, just while I think of it, is is looking at um, your ram. So we're, we're also looking at the, the, the breeding values of the ram teams that people are using and if people are interested in, in joining your lambs, you know, post weaning weight is a really important trait to be focusing on and improving with your ram team as well because it's all those lambs that grow grow quickly early and meet that, get to maturity and, and, and join up with the ram. So that's another kind of facet um, that, you know, is intertwined in all this as well. Will the cohort, the four farms, four producers, are they – they're doing single joining each year. Are you like aiming the project to do single joining so you can ease of measurement um, and make sure those ewes will hopefully 100% are going in? Uh, so that, no, it's actually um, they're all slightly different, which is probably a good thing. So um, yes. some, some are joining um, predominantly, uh, use all that make the target. We've got another one who's just putting the ram out with all of them um, and mm. – uh, and kind of varying in between. So the, the idea, I guess, in, did you mean that, that, that are they putting out a single ram or? Um... No, if they're joining twice a year or twice in 18 months, um, oh, like that, that would have. Yeah, it's a good question, um, but we don't have anyone. Do you want to put your hand up? <laughs> Maybe we'll have to see how it goes. Um, I think that sort of perspective, it can't be done everywhere, I suppose. And for us, seasonality-wise, you've got grass um, and the energy in there for the ewes to carry them through. Um, All about having the milk. What It sounds like the project is a bit of a feedlot scenario without being in the feedlot. And do you have ewe lambs that are like like the tailings? And then are you going to keep those for a month to get up to the 45 or that target weight, um, and then get them into the project as well? Is that how it will work? Uh, no, it's, we're actually um, being uh, setting a date, I think, in terms of this is the oh. date we're going to join the ewe lambs because if we have prolonged – in the producers that are in the project, 
if they have too long a prolonged lambing, it interferes with so many other um, facets in, you know, animal husbandry and, and whatever else might be going on on farms. So what we're trying to do is look at the calendar of operations and actually fit it in so that, that when the ewe lambs finish lambing, it's not kind of impeding it on, on other um, activities. And I think that's pretty important in that people realising that kind of flow-on effect for certain, you know, management decisions, you know, whether you leave, join for five weeks or six weeks or you leave the rams in for longer and the ramifications that that can have, uh, you know, if you can have nice tight joinings that makes your jobs that you've got to do um, a lot easier and more concise. And um, so, you know, taking into consideration all of those things and, and not, there's not one recipe is the same for everybody. So it's about fitting in with your seasonal conditions and, and also maybe it could be, um, you know, in around your, um, your, your labour opportunities, you know, how many people you might have um, on farm at any particular time. And, you know, it used to be like when we were growing up on, uh, at home, uh, you know, when our school holidays were. <laughs> It's the same, pretty much every producer, especially in the Western Districts or like Southern Queensland to Northern Victoria, all sort of putting their harvest periods, their landmarking periods to when all the kids are home from school. <laughs> we, yeah. we always sort of was that busy the whole time um, as farm kids. <laughs> but all of this, were you looking at um, like a four-week, six-week joining? What and how will this sort of change things up? Yeah, we have one uh, producer who is only joining for three weeks for one cycle and then right. the others are joining for five or six weeks. So and uh, and um, so so learnings from so far from from this um, last joining is um, all of uh, we're looking at using um, uh, teasers uh, so that you bring um, two weeks prior to when the rams will go out. And um, and just looking and, and monitoring body weight and and making sure that they're con- continually on that rising plane during that joining period. I think that's probably a key. And and we have some of the producers that are just like we're just doing it every year. We're just gearing our mindset up to do this every year. And whereas others are going, well, actually, we're just going to watch the season and and that's more opportunistic. So. Again, it really depends on, um, you know, people's appetite for, um, you know, doing it and, and, and if they need to. I guess that's, that's probably a key message that, that I've got out of, um, you know, talking to a lot of the growers that are involved. Absolutely. Do you want to just expand on teaser rams for people that may not understand and how it sort of all works? Are they mm-hmm. pulled in or pulled out before the rams get in there? Yeah, definitely. So you can either um, inject weathers um, with tes- a testosterone product that you have to get from the vet and uh, that's done um, a number of weeks prior to get them ready to go in or you can vasectomise rams um, and you need to be talking to your vet about how you prepare them. But the aim is that you put your teasers in two weeks bef- before you're going to put your rams in and you pull your teasers out 
um, before yeah. you put, uh, you know, at the same time when you put your rams in. So don't leave your teasers in because what they'll actually do is they'll try and push the rams away as well. So there's more competition. Um, so you need to pull the, 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 the teasers, you know, whether they're vasectomised rams or, or weather's out. Mm. And look, it just what it does, it's that ram effect and what it, it's helping them um, get, get all the ewes cycling. So when you do put the rams in, then, you know, they start working from day one. You're not kind of waiting for an extra period of time before um, the ewes start cycling naturally. Yeah, yeah, and probably the ram health joining preparation, looking at the rams specifically before they go out into the paddock. What, Absolutely. What there and what's the must-dos? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And checking your rams, making sure that they're healthy and doing anything to them a couple of months prior. If you've got to shear them or uh, making sure that, they, you know, they don't have too much wool on them, um, needs to be done at least um two you know six weeks at a minimum um before before you start joining because if you upset them then it's it's a um that six week period for semen to to recover and um for the rams to be uh, able to be used and look annually checking them is a good thing there's a lot of brucellosis around and some people are talking about having issues you know with poor lambing percentages and stuff like that so we need to kind of it's a really good way to eliminate that as the issue and then you can start working on other things that might be, you know, c- creating, the, you know, the problems. Mm. Are we looking at selection of rams? Like these are probably existing rams on the project sites as well, yeah. but are they is the project included in better selecting the rams for the younger ewes as well? And does that ram need to be under 100 kilos if the younger ewes are a bit lighter than normal? Yeah, the project, we're using existing rams on farm and yeah. I guess what a lot of people are doing is looking at using, having, um, you know, joining their older, um, older ewes and then pulling out the rams maybe for a week and then putting them in with the, the, the ewe lambs or, um, you know, have, having some crossover there potentially. So um, trying to get the best utilisation of the genetics that you have. Um, in terms of the which rams go with uh, with the ewe lambs, we actually haven't um, really looked at the weight of the rams, but it's a really good point that you know we might have a have a look at. Hmm. Well, if it's a huge ram, 120, 30 kilos, which they easily can be in a good season, um, hmm. those poor girls might go a running. Yeah, that's very cool. <laughs> um, what sort of expectations or what? hypothesis have you come up with what do you want to achieve from this project like as yourself sal as a consultant um for the growth of the industry the sheep industry what yeah what do you want from it yeah look and there's a number of different projects that have been around looking at you lamb joining as well i know um you know, talking to Mark Ferguson, Next Gen Agri, they've got a they've uh, met with Murdoch Uni and MLA. They've put together a decision support tool that we're actually using within the project, looking at um, joining, optimizing, uh, we're looking at joining new lands and and the, the uh, financial benefits around that, and and helping to have a, a management and strategic kind of um, input into that. So we're actually using that tool and and it's a really nice way to be able to ground truth it and and i know that they've probably already done that but you know working with people and and how we can get the better 
best benefit out of that. Probably the main thing, you know, from my perspective is just helping people kind of navigate, do they need to do this? Um, Is this something that we could actually be improving our maiden new joining instead of worrying about joining new lambs? So are there other, is there other low hanging fruit that we could probably improve um, before going into this area? Um, And then if you do go into the new lamb joining, maximising your outcome. So we don't want to have lots of little weedy lambs, you know, way, you know, that are out of season um, that is just going to be a headache and not not make any more money for us and go to all this trouble. So, you know, just making some of those, um, helping people make some of those decisions. Mm. Yeah, the economics of it and probably goes into creating um, the lifetime value of that you as well to increase that across the board because mm-hmm. – Generally, like our producers keeping them to five years from then um, onwards. Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, I'm so it'll be interesting to see. Um, we might probably get there with the project in terms of yep. you know what their longevity might be, and um, a lot of people are definitely gearing up with grazing crops and 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 fodder crops to be able to actually cope with this so getting um getting lambs off at weaning or early weaning onto feed and and really pushing them so that they're growing and they're and they're meeting all of those weight targets and i think if some things are missed then the opportunities um and the the conception rates with joining uh, with you lambs and even maidens um, yeah, definitely drops off very quickly. Just thinking about what you said then, there's probably a few prerequisites um, like that early weaning that would put them in the best opportunity as well, sort of whatever the season is. If it's a bit drier, people say to wean them off early to give the mum a break and the lamb can grow out on its own. That's a pretty good prerequisite, do you think, for this program? Uh, yeah, definitely one of them. And they're... And, and we're monitoring them and making sure that they are putting on weight. So making sure that your animal health, like your worm, because your, younger anim, uh, younger stock are always more susceptible, so making sure you're up to date with all your worm tests and your drenches and um, that you've got enough feed and energy and protein in front of them. Um, you know, that is, I think, just so important. And and any other animal health kind of issues in, in terms of feet or, or stuff like that is, is also important too, if, depending on what, what our spring or um, winter's like. Yeah, and this, like, you would obviously be past the producers classing in as well, so these are good use for their enterprise, what they're chasing as well, not just everything. Yeah, it's another really interesting point. So that's actually something a lot of people struggle with joining new lands because they haven't classed them yet. Yeah. So um, you know the you know they mightn't fit have physically classed them, and so yeah, just being able to work work a way around and, and think of right, well, anything that's eventually classed before they lamb um, goes into the you know. You call it a terminal mob, and none of their none of their progeny are allowed to have even an opportunity to get back in. So um, you can do it in a number of ways, 
But yeah, that is a that is a mindset that a few people have commented that, that they struggle with putting the ram out with um, potential culls. Yeah, little weedy ones. Um, <laughs> it's probably the most satisfying job on a sheep farm, I think, glassing them out and seeing what the next sort of pedigree is coming through. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, I guess what we're doing now is, uh, you know, with people that are joining Newlands, is it, we're just, it's another layer. Um, but I think one one aspect in, in that is that, and, and with all the, you know, EID tags, not that we need them to be able to do this, but if you're putting a numbered tag in lambs at landmarking time and you're lambing down in singles and twins, you can allocate to know whether that you was born a single or a twin and, and then when you come to classing, you're not pulling out the, the smaller ones um, or overlooking some of the those late twins or um, because their genetic potential is still there, they're just six, six weeks behind or whatever it might be. So, you know, I think there's, there's a heap of things that cross over with, um, you know, so many stuff on farm that we can tap into to, to make sure that those decisions are, you know, as good as they can be. Yeah, it's pretty mind-boggling, isn't it? Someone that doesn't really know sheep or something, they'd say that's a shit little lamb there, but he's a twin and then... In- two months he'll be just up with the rest of the crowd if not overtaken um and all that's also that's the marketability right of having the twins as well yeah. if you're in the genetic game um something i just thought of was what happens past a ulam project like are you craig scanning um are you going to control in the single twins or triplets that sort of environment or is that the project just to get them in lamb no we're definitely following them through so um, we're, we're capturing, particularly on the four farms that are um, part, like kind of our, uh, our demonstration or host farms, other members of the, the groups are, are doing it as well if they, um, if they want. But, you know, so weaning weights and then a, like a post weaning at 200 days or a bit before and we do a weight um, when the rams go out. So when the rams go out, potentially at preg scanning we've got one guy who's who's weighing at preg scanning time as well and and then we will wet and dry at lamb marking um and again at weaning um just depending on the program and follow those use through so for subsequent lambings as well um picking up on you know a bit of pasture and 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 you know what's happening on farm in terms of the paddocks that they're being in and and how much feed or if they're being supplementary fed you know what type of feed have they been getting and that type of stuff and effectively monitoring we're going to monitor the ewes that we started that were joined as ewe lambs last year um until if we can until the end of the project so all of our producers have got electronic tags so we can actually you know, track individual animals within those mobs as well. Um, so for, for the day, bringing it back into what you're doing, what yep. what can those attending, um, what can they sort of expect of what's going to happen throughout the day? Yeah, so we'll have a brief overview of the project uh, and some of the, we're going to present some of the data that we've collected to date on those four properties Yep. And we will be going through that decision support tool that I mentioned. So, yep. um, and we're also um, going to have um, one of the LLS local land services vet to come and talk about ram health and um, and uh, any issues around that as well. 
and then our host, um, uh, so uh, Barrick Parker, who's the property that it's on, he's going to talk about his program and what he's been doing. So we will also have, so we'll have the ewe lambs that were joined last year as ewe lambs. We'll have their progeny and we'll have um, the 23 drop, so 23 drop lambs that are just going to be joined as ewe lambs. <laughs> Lots of ewe lambs. Um, so the blue tags are the ewes in the project. The so these are all edition. the ewes that are in the project, yeah. So we're going to have them all yarded on display so people can have a look through them and then we've got um, facilities to be able to run them around so people can have a closer look and, um, yeah, see where things are at. So, yeah, Barrett's got a really interesting um, way that he's, he's um, uh, feeding them according to what their weaning weights were and... Um, He's, he's gearing up to be able to join all his ewe lambs. Hmm. Yeah, okay, so he's probably looking after the tail a bit as well to get them along. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I no. And, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, he's going well. And, yeah, so basically, um, yeah, quite quite informative um, and, and we'll have um, the hosts of the other, of other sites there to have a bit of a chat to everyone about their experiences and... Um, yeah, it's, I think it's a a really good way for people to, um, you know, some things work in some areas and, and it really depends on your infrastructure and, and how you get up and, and all those things. But there might only be a few little tweaks that you've got to do to be able to do it well. So These projects, you, you need to know whether or not you can or can't do it as well, depending on your region and whatnot. What's um, the top KPIs, like the indicators for yourself? Is it obviously being a success or not successful, um, lamb percentage, you health? Uh, look, I think uh, definitely lamb survival, I think, is a, is a, key, is a key thing. Um, yep. I think we're quite good at getting use in lamb. Um, survival, I think, is really our, our key um, um, aspect at the moment. And whether that's being, you know, in terms of, you know, how fit the ewes are and, and, and what's definitely what's in front of them. Um, you know, energy and protein is so important, being able to, to make sure you've got that. And, and if you can't, well, you need to supplement. So um, And just being able to do that well, uh, look, it's not easy by any means. Um, you know, I've grown up in a lot of droughts and on the Monero, so, uh, yeah, I know what it, that's like. So having, yeah, be, being prepared and knowing yeah. some of your, your triggers and, and being a, a timing, the timing of when you can come in and, and do things, uh, and that's often hidden by wool growth if we're not putting our hands on the sheep. Yeah. There's a lot of <laughs> things in there very time-sensitive as well. If you don't hit this season, you've got to wait till the next, otherwise it's too hot, too cold, or mm. lambing. What, um, what have we missed from this project that you want to share today? Uh, look, I think we've probably covered most of it. I guess the other thing, yeah. and you did mention it earlier, was uh, yeah, the cost and, and is it profitable. So we will look at the cost benefit across the project um, for doing it. And yeah. in terms of, you know, one of the outcomes, People feel that it's just not for them. That's a really good decision too. So they can yeah. still concentrate and focus on other things. So you don't have to do it. it it's not. But 
the principles and the tools, um, you know, we've heard them with Lifetime U and, and many other things and, and improving maiden, um, you joining outcomes. If anything's learnt and, and then transferred into to getting better outcomes with your maidens, you know, that's a great outcome too. So it doesn't all have to be around you joint like the lambs, but, uh, you know, the principles and, and just fine-tuning and, and getting some of that other stuff right, I think, you know, that's a great outcome. I think it's a lot about, um, like I see within Australian agriculture and the sheep industry, improving our capacity, whether or not producers are running at 70%, when they can run at 100% with the same labour units doing the same amount of work because we're still yeah. going to get that paddock in, but that paddock is only doing... 110% lambing or 86% feeder survival, that sort of stuff. But the few tweaks that you're talking about, how easily or maybe not easy that is to get around, but we just need to know the answer to it. Is it a yes or a no for our enterprise? And, and often it might be changing a couple of things over time um, and, and seeing those benefits rather than trying to change everything all at once. So, um, you know, those incremental changes and, and looking at your production in terms of kilos per hectare, um, you know, whether that be wool or meat or, or, you know, number of lambs per hectare, you know, that you're getting off, I think they're good metrics in terms of being able to identify how you're improving. So yep. it might be, you know, we've had a couple of clients and, they've you know, their stocking rates were quite high and they actually pulled off the stocking rates. So what happened? Um, and they're still generating similar amount of kilos and, and uh, of wool and meat per hectare, but their variable costs are slightly uh, less because they've got less sheep to drench. So it can can work in a number of ways. In that, it, are you allowing your sheep to express their true genetic potential? Uh, you can have really good genetics and poor management, and still be okay, and vice versa. So it's about having decent decent genetics, good genetics and actually managing them well to get the best out of the system. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another question, I keep coming up with questions as I keep thinking to nerd out on sheep. Is it going to be multi-sire rams within that and are you able to measure if their ones performed better for the ewe lambs than not? Uh, so as in a syndicate, like joining multiple rams in with the ewes, is that what you mean? Uh, at, uh, um, of the same breed or different breeds? No, of the same, like within the same farm, um, within yep. the 500 ewes per se for the project. Yep. 10 grams joined to those ewes. Are yep. they going to be sort of measured um, with their attributes or is it just purely looking at how the ewe lambs perform? Um, it's actually just looking at how the ewe lambs are performing. Uh, however, we do have um, one one um, property that is a stud that's doing it that we're DNA testing so we can get full pedigree there. Um, but it's, yeah, that, that's the, um, at, at Bellana, yeah, so that's the only um, property that we can actually do that. The rest are um, just, yeah, commercial properties that we wouldn't be able to identify, sire unless we did the DNA testing. So they're all joined yeah. as syndicates. So, yeah, groups of rams going out with the, the ewes, yeah. Yeah, just as expected in all commercial um, scenarios anyway and probably what you want to test, the most common, what's going on. Um, For yourself, though, any more on that project? 
Yeah, no, that's pretty good. Um, I think, yeah, thanks for the opportunity. It's great. And I guess if anyone's interested uh, to come along, we've got some information on our website. You can book in. Um, it does. There's no cost because it's part of a producer demonstration project, but um, it'd be great if you could book in so then we can make you some scones. <laughs> Beautiful. Hopefully I'm delivering rams down there and I can swing in <laughs> on the day. Um, Sounds good. I'll uh, I'll put the your link sheet metrics into the show notes so anyone listening can check it out if you can make it down twenty first June timing. Uh from nine o'clock to one. Nine to one, yeah, beautiful. Right, we'll I'll put that information in there. Um, just to touch on before you go, Sal, EID. How are we ramping up for EID and anything that you have top of mind to speak about? Uh, look, um, into, I guess the 1st of January 25, we're going to be impacted here in New South Wales and most other states, I think, across Australia um, in terms of the, the mandatory side of it. And, and look, we're running um, a few EID workshops. Actually, I'm heading out to Ningen, um, Danny Doohan Parks next week uh, to run some ses- sessions out there. We've got a little bit of funding through AgriFutures um and the Central West LLS are helping us with those three. Uh, I guess we predominantly work with people who are already using electronic tags to capture some type of information. Um, Anyone who doesn't want to do that, really you've only got to put a tag in to be compliant. You don't have to buy all the gear if you don't want to, uh, And but if you want to get a return on your investment with the tags, then capturing some information um, as long as you're going to use it is really where you need to go and you know just like we've been talking now body weights and preg scanning and you know wet and drying that type of stuff which you're pretty well doing you know a lot most people are doing anyway you can if you can know that on individual animals gives you an opportunity if and when things are a bit tough and you've got to get rid of some sheep, instead of taking off a whole age group, you might just take off that low-hanging fruit across age groups. Yeah. Having the power of that information gives that opportunity and flexibility to, to, to you. Um, and then if you want to take it to another level, um, yeah, I guess I could talk on it all day, which I will be next week. So if anyone wants to come along, <laughs> you know, along. I'll have some info but- on our website as well. The flocks of 2025 onwards, they may be much more improved as well. Yeah, look, I guess there's opportunities there. But, you know, in terms of being mandatory with the EID, you've just got to put a tag in, an electronic tag. The whole the system's not changing significantly. Um, other, Well, it, it is in terms of, you know, ha- people having to scan, um, but it's the receiver who's responsible. So if you're selling through an agent or to sale yards or a direct to a processor, it's their responsibility to scan them as well and upload that information to the NLIS, so the national, um, the livestock um, database. So, yeah, look, there's, um, yeah, some people, are, are, you know, don't don't want to do it and that's understandable but I just guess a decision, a decision has been made and, and that's the implementation of it, yeah. I think we might pull it up there, Sal. So for the you, Liam, what would be one piece of advice, farms advice that you'd like to pass on about uh, that project? Joining your lands, uh, yeah. I think have have clear targets. So um, yeah. have clear targets and thresholds and if you don't meet them, 
you know, have your backup plan in terms of, well, I'm not going to put them out this year or, or, or that mindset that, yes, I'm going to be doing it every year. So, you, so you're really pushing your use to, to actually meet those um, weight targets and they've got to be continually putting on weight. Beautiful. Well, Sal, thank you so much for coming on to Farms Ice podcast again. Um, very welcome. And also for doing what you do within the sheep industry. It's good. No worries. You keep up the great work too. I love hearing yours. <laughs> How'd you go listening to that one, farmers? Farming, as you know, is all about trial and error. Um, and of course, trying to find the results that we need. We need that yes or we need that no. And I thought this was really good for the sheep producers out there. And also, this is just a template that you can whack into your own scenario, whether you're producing cattle, I don't know about cropping, but it's the mindset that we want to take across into these applications. Apply yourself, implement these ideas. Um, Don't let them sit there hanging. I hope that you could get a piece of pen and paper to see what's going on and maybe even get across to this event in June. Um, And the ones coming up, this week with Sheep Metrics, Sally Martin and the team there. Um, make sure you subscribe to the Farms Advice podcast. Follow us on social media. Keep up to everything social. What's happening with the farmers? Um, it's a late one here, so I'm whispering away. People are sleeping. Um, but yeah, till next Tuesday, keep on farming.